T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Hub Arkish on 670 The Score, a radio.com sports station. Yes, folks, I am Hub Arkish. I'm sitting in for Joe Ostrowski on the Joe O show tonight. And the first hour was a bit of a whirlwind as, as we thought it was going to be a slow day uh, with Chicago Bears news, not Chicago Bears conversation. We still don't have... Uh, much quote news what we're getting is a lot of reporting that that is starting to 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 make clear what is most likely to happen over the next couple weeks and it has been significant enough uh, to cause us to revamp the entire show while we have been out here in the first hour so uh, the first thing I want to do guys is I want to give an apology uh, our very own Bruce Levine, our senior baseball expert here at The Score, Joe Colley, who does such a great job on the Bulls and NBA beat for the Sun-Times, Campy, Rick Camp, also our Bulls pregame host here at The Score, and Josh Nelson were all scheduled to join me this evening because with a slow Bears day, we thought we would talk some uh, Cubs, Sox, Bulls, uh, and maybe a little Hawks. Uh, we've blown that up now. Obviously, the, the, the topic of the hour is the Bears, uh, some changes that have appear to be coming others that are not and so we're just going to spend the next couple hours you and me give me a call 312-644-6767 is the phone number you can also text me at 312-644-6767 and we want to hear what you bears fans or maybe you're a packers fan or an nfl fan but you're interested in the bears uh we want to hear what you think is the best idea the best way to go for the team we want to get your opinions and your thoughts about what you are hearing uh the report this evening being coming, uh, I shouldn't say being coming, but uh, now coming from various directions. Uh, and first, something that I've been reporting for a couple weeks, um, and now uh, we have some of my uh, peers who are who are you know really good at this. Uh, most of them better than me joining me in these reports. Brad Biggs is reporting it. Dan Weeder is reporting it. It does look like both Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy will be back for 2021. Um, That's what we're hearing from sources around the league. Uh, Also, a report from Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network that Chuck Pagano will be announcing his retirement from the NFL, which would leave the Bears looking for a new defensive coordinator 
um, somewhat ironic since what most people who wanted firings were looking for were changes on the offensive side of the ball, uh, both at quarterback, which they didn't want Ryan Pace to oversee, and with the offense, which some believe Matt Nagy shouldn't oversee. So what do we get? The one dramatic change that we know of so far is apparently going to be on the defensive side, and we'll talk about that and some top candidates as well. First up on the BetQL listener line from Lake in the Hills, Bob is joining us. Bob, I appreciate the phone call. How you doing? Yeah, huh? Yes, sir. Yeah, I was um, wondering, what do you think? Is, do you think Brock Purdy from Iowa State or Ian Book from Notre Dame have could be serviceable NFL quarterbacks? And another question is, who's that fellow from the Steelers, uh, Omar? Uh, can't remember his last name. Omar that, Khan. That come in. I'm sorry? Omar Khan. To come in and be a football operations uh, czar? Mm-hmm. All right, uh, Bob, thank you for the call. You know, as far as Purdy and Book, uh, you, you know, they're really good college quarterbacks who early in the process, and, and that's the operative phrase here, early in the process, appear to be NFL backups, if that at best. Um uh, Purdy probably a little more highly thought of by NFL scouts than Book. Uh, Ian Book had a hell of a year for Notre Dame, and and, and I'm not going to rule him out, uh, you know, automatically. A lot of people thought Tom Brady wasn't going to be an NFL quarterback either, um, but but Book does not have any of the assets that a Brady brought in terms of great size, uh, you know, great accuracy great instincts. He's just a really good football player, um, but probably doesn't have quite an NFL arm, certainly doesn't have NFL size. While he has mobility that he used to his advantage at Notre Dame, it's not probably going to be advantageous against the much better athletes in the NFL. And so while I do think Book will end up in the league, and I think he will either be a three or a two um, for at least a few years, if not longer. And a lot of guys have made great 10, 12, 14-year careers out of being backups. Um, that appears to be his ceiling. Purdy, I, I don't know quite as much about. Um, I, I think he probably is viewed a little more favorably. Uh, not probably. I know he is viewed a little more favorably uh, by a number of scouts I've talked to, but but nonetheless has some of the same challenges. Uh, when, when you're talking about a guy um, who is not going to be one of those top three, four, five prospects at the position, um, then he's got to have some special trait, uh, whether that is great field generalship, whether that is a cannon for an arm that needs to be tamed and developed, whether it is great athleticism and, and you want to try and put him in, in a um, you know Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray type offense. That's what you're looking for when they're not the complete package. And, and Purdy hasn't really shown any unique trait like that to suggest that he's going to be the answer either. So um, I really, you know, don't think that, that I'm not saying that it wouldn't be interesting to see the bears bring them in and see what they can do. Uh, but I wouldn't be overly optimistic that they become better NFL quarterbacks than Mitch Trubisky, which probably should be the, the measuring stick since that's who you're trying to replace. Omar Khan is one of my favorite uh, GM or VP football operations candidates available right now. I ranked him number two on my list behind only Rick Smith. Uh, both are still available. I think it is fascinating 
that with seven general manager openings and now seven head coaching openings uh, with the firing of, of uh, Doug Peterson, that none have filled yet. And, and while, you know, obviously the Eagles job wouldn't fill yet, um, but you look at, at these teams in Atlanta and Detroit and Houston that have had these openings since before the middle of the season and are still moving slowly. Of course, Houston has added Nick Casario, a uh, highly thought of prospect as their GM out of New England. Teams have been trying to pry him away from Belichick for years, and it'll be interesting to eventually find out why he decided Houston was the, the destination. But it's most likely that the reason is because Deshaun Watson is already there, and that's why I just laugh when I hear these stupid reports that, that, that you know Deshaun Watson is on the trading block and, and, and that they're going to deal him just because maybe he's unhappy about how the hiring process went. Um, Omar Khan, if he wants to leave Pittsburgh, he is the vice president of business and football operations in Pittsburgh, has been there a long time, very successful working with Kevin Colbert. And so I think short of complete control of a football operation, which is maybe more the VP role than the GM role, um, he may not be leaving Pittsburgh. But if the Bears were decide to, deciding to keep Ryan Pace as a general manager but bring someone in over him, uh, Omar Khan could very well be the best option out there. I like Rick Smith as a general manager, um, but I don't know in terms of overseeing a GM and getting involved in other aspects of it um, that, that necessarily that's where, where you want to go. So, uh, Bob, thank you very much for the phone call. Let's get to Otto, who is out in Brookfield. Otto, how you doing? Doing well, Hub. Thanks for my taking my call. Mm-hmm. Uh, for where the Bears are picking at 20, I don't think they're going to be able to pick up somebody, a, a quarterback, that they can just plug in and start. And our, obviously we don't know what they're doing with A-Rob. We don't even know what they're doing with uh, Jimmy Golden Grams. But uh, I think they need an offensive tackle uh, or two. I think they needed one last year, but they went with Komet. Considering that the defense's window is closing, no matter who's running it, the defensive window is closing. I think they need to pick someone that can step in and start. Can they draft an offensive tackle at 20 to start at left tackle, or the the starter is going to be gone at that point? If that's the case, I think they need to pick a right offensive tackle. I know it's early in in your evaluations of tackles and positions, is it possible they could find a left tackle to start in round one and then possibly pick up a right tackle in round two? Or do you think maybe they could pick up a right tackle in round one and maybe a quarterback in round two? Hey, Otto, real quick before you go, I want to ask you a question. Um, I don't agree with you that the defensive window is closing. I think it's getting shorter. Um, but you said get somebody who will come in and start. Come in and start where? I mean, where, where would you identify? Offensive tackles. No, no, on defense you said that. I know, I know, but you said on defense. You said considering no no no, def- no no okay I'm 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 looking to draft if it's me I'm looking to draft an offensive tackle in round one if he can start at left tackle I want a left tackle mm-hmm. and if he can I want a right tackle round two a quarterback all right I hear you I, I apologize maybe I misunderstood I thought you had said maybe in the first round because the defense's window was closing that they bring in someone to start on defense I'm just not sure where that position would be open. Um, unless they do not re-sign Tayshawn Gibson, which I think would be a mistake because I thought Gibson was the best player on the field Sunday. And even though he's 31 years old, would love to see him back on another, you know, maybe two-year deal, even a three-year deal. It's all about the guaranteed money. It's not necessarily that he's going to be your guy for three years. Um, So the answer to your question is yes, absolutely. It is not as good a year for tackles as we've seen the last 
two or three or four years, but there are at least three or four who will go in the first round. And, and I'm not copping out on you. You got to forgive me. I'm, I'm just not that deep into the evaluation that I have them ranked to the point uh, where I want to say which ones. I think that the Slater kid, uh, for the kid from Northwestern, um, is going to be a really good left tackle in the National Football League. I don't think he's going to last uh, till 20. If he did, I would jump all over him. Uh, there's a young man at Virginia Tech whose name is escaping me, who I think fits somewhere between 15 and 25, uh, who, who they could look at. And, and you know, there are some people, Otto, who will tell you that in today's NFL, um, that, that right tackle has become almost as important as left tackle. Teams are not as concerned about protecting the quarterback's blind side so much as they are with the overall line schemes and play. Um, and, and I agree with you that the Bears do need two tackles. Uh, but I, I think that Bobby Massey can be a bit underrated at times. And, and if, in fact, the interior of the offensive line is now in the reasonable shape that it appears to be, um, uh, then I think that, that, you know, you possibly, if you could find a really good left tackle, that may be enough, at least in the high rounds, you're always going to be, you should always be bringing in more depth at every position, not saying only draft one tackle or one offensive lineman, but as far as these high picks, they've got a one, a two and a three. Um, I would think that left tackle or a tackle is definitely the way to go in the first round. The, the absolute strength of this draft right now, early on, and it's so early, guys, is wide receiver. I, I'm seeing six, seven names as first-round picks. I'm seeing four or five names as possible top 15, top 18 picks. Even if you re-sign Allen Robinson and you love Darnell Mooney, you need more help there. But if you can't re-sign Allen Robinson... Then you got to find the number one because exciting as Mooney is, and he is very exciting. It's a great pick at number five at 5'10 and, and I think barely 180 pounds, even though they may list him at 85 or 90. He's a, he's a two. He, he's not going to be your number one receiver. And so if the, the, the wideouts are that deep, there's a chance you could find the number one receiver with some size in the second round. And, and so I would probably go tackle first round, uh, hopefully, you know, a tackle is one of the two or three best available players on the board because I always believe that's what you do. I would then hope that a wide receiver um, was the best available player on the board in the second round. And then when I got to the third round, I might look back at tackle. Um, I, I thought that Cole Komet was absolutely the right pick, and I'm excited with what we've seen from him. I think that Jimmy Graham now probably should be back on the second year of that contract, and if he is, you're in pretty good shape. Uh, I'm okay with J.P. Holtz as a three. I think the question is, is Jesper Horstead still in their plans as possibly being developed to be that you or move tight end? Because if he is the prospect he looked to be last year, you're fine at tight end. He can be the backup to Jimmy Graham for one year or maybe even step in. Holtz becomes the backup at the Y to commit, so I'm not as worried about that position. Then I go over on the other side of the ball and I look at the safety position. I don't know what's up with Eddie Jackson, but obviously he's here to stay, so you just got to find a way to resurrect him next year. Um, but you do need uh, more pass rush, and as much as I like some of the secondary guys on the defensive line, the, the Mario Edward Juniors and Brent Urbans of the world, um, even with Eddie Goldman back, you probably want at least one more big stud up front, so maybe that's where you go in the third round. Uh, let's get one more call in before we have to take another commercial break. Big D is out on the south side. 
Big D, how you doing tonight? What's going on, Hub? How you doing, my friend? You know, it's funny, man. I I, I was looking forward to, to to spray into all fields. Thought we would talk some bears and some football, but do a little baseball, a little basketball, a little hockey. But it's going to be a bearish kind of night. So that's well, what's going uh, on know, here. <laughs> I was looking forward to talking to Bruce Levine myself about my Southside Priders over there. But let me just say this. You touched on it a little bit. Eddie Goldman, key piece, run stopper missing in the middle. We'll get him back next year. Let's go ahead. Let's franchise tag Allen Robinson, right? Let's go ahead and get us something in the draft. Whatever help we need, we're going to identify that. And that falls solely on our scouting. We need to get better with our scouting. So that falls there. Let's get some help to that offensive line. If you bring in Mitch back, you sign him to a team-friendly deal, bring Nick Foles, keep him in the fold, Nick Foles, and then there's a guy sitting out there who's looking for any position within the NFL, and his name is Lovey Smith. Let's get him back in. Let's get him as our D coordinator. Let's get everybody on board. Let's fix the Bears. Hub, thank you very much for taking my call, and shout out to my frontliners at St. Anthony Emergency Room in Chicago. We are keeping up the good fight. Have a good night, Hub. Love. Well, Dee, thank, thank you very much, and, and I send my best to the folks at, at St. Anthony's as well and, and all of our, uh, our first responders, our, our, our medical professionals, our, our, our ER folks. Uh, uh, you have been heroes for the last 10, 11 months, and no matter how many times we try and thank you, we don't do it enough. Uh, you know, Dee, <laughs> uh, you, just, you just caught my attention. Um, uh, I, I, I never felt that Lovey Smith was a great head coach in the NFL and I know he had some success with the Bears over nine seasons and he took them to a Super Bowl um, but but really thought that that his shortcomings on, on, on offense um, balanced out you know his greatness on defense because he's an excellent defensive football coach um, but much you know like well not much like uh, unlike what Matt Nagy did uh, in just giving the defense first to Vic Fangio and then to Chuck Pagano. Um, Lovey had a hand in both the defense and the offense, and, and the offense in his nine years was really never very good. However, as a defensive coach and as a great presence in an organization and a great leader of men, that's not a joke. I mean, the the idea, assuming the reports are accurate and the Chuck Pagano is retiring, um, there, there is not anyone on the current Bears staff who I think jumps up and, 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 and shouts, I should be the defensive coordinator, although if they do stay internal, uh, you know, Rogers, Jay Rogers is, is the guy that you do want to keep an eye on. Um, but, but, but the idea of bringing back Lovey is really interesting. I, 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 I like that. <laughs> you know, that's, that's not a bad thought. We'll, we'll see uh, if there's any chance that, uh, assuming that they're the guys in charge, the, the, that Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace agree with that. It really is a, a kind of a fascinating suggestion. Uh, we're going to get to everybody else's calls. Bill, Brian, Kyle, everybody else waiting. We'll be with you in just a moment. We're not putting anything in front of you. We just got to take a quick break and pay some bills here. We got Bears talk, NFL talk. The Bears are starting to make some news, and we are all over it, as we always are at Chicago's favorite all-sports radio station. You've got the score. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago Sports Station. I mean, you guys know this. I hit a lot of clutch shots last year. I gave us like <laughs> three or four game winners last year. I had one this year with Golden State. They came down, hit a good shot. Um, I'm comfortable in those situations. I've, you know, I think you guys know that I've had a numerous amounts of those, and I've had a lot where I've missed as well. But, 
you know, we were competitive last year. We were competitive this year. We just got to learn how to start putting those into wins. You know, you're not going to go out there and hit every game-winning shot, but you don't want to have it be a game-winning situation every time either. Stop it! That is Zach Levine, the developing superstar of the Chicago Bulls, uh, certainly off to a great start this season. And, and guys, uh, I appreciate you bearing with me. I'm Hub Arkish. I'm in for Joe Ostrowski tonight on the Joe O Show. And uh, we've had stories breaking left and right, have been redoing the schedule and tearing things up as we go. And while most of the news is about the Bears, and I've canceled a number of our guests tonight, the one guy that I couldn't let go of, uh, A, because I enjoy visiting with him so much, B, because I think he needs a little therapy of his own with his Steelers. We'll get to that in just a moment. Uh, but C, because we are the home of the Chicago Bulls, and they've been a little better story than I think some expected uh, through the first 10 games of the season, uh, is Joe Colley, who does uh, such an incredible job at the Sun-Times covering the NBA and the Chicago Bulls. And Joe, I appreciate you taking time out for us tonight. Uh, Not sure how much you've heard all kinds of craziness around the Bears now as a a surprise announcement that it looks like Chuck Pagano uh, will be retiring. I am hearing from multiple sources and not the only one reporting it, that both Ryan Pace uh, and Matt Nagy will be back. We'll get back to that conversation in just a moment. Uh, Bill, Brian, Kyle, stay on the phone line, if you will, or give me a call back in a few minutes, but I want to visit with Joe. Uh, Joe, I, I'm impressed by, I, I was actually kind of surprised uh, by how completely defenseless they were the first three games. But since then, I'm impressed with what Billy Donovan is doing with these kids so far. I'm curious to see what your general reaction is. Yeah, I mean, look, <clears throat> I was excited with the Donovan hire. I understand what he is in the whole landscape of the NBA. I mean, to me, you have your four or five elite coaches. Then you have that second tier of very good coaches that are definite developmental changers and game changers. And I think Billy fits in that in that second tier. That's not an easy tier to, to grab, so I, I'm not diminishing him by putting the you know, he doesn't have a chip at the NBA level, so that, that kind of puts you in that second tier. Um, you know, and, yeah, to see what they were in, in such a herky-jerky preseason and to be thrown into the regular season, and you, it was almost like, oh, no, it's, this is the same old product. And the change has been so quick and has been so crisp and has been so entertaining. Um just watching them offensively, it's entertaining basketball because it's real basketball. It's not that gimmick that we all had to put up with last year that was basically four out, one in, and believe in analytics that weren't there for this group and, and, and shoot threes when guys really wanted to pull up from mid-range and have a mid-range game and a float game and do other things, and they weren't allowed to do that. So um, they were operating under handcuffs last year. So to see um, that and to be the other thing, that the storyline that really can't be um, – hidden enough these this rookie class had zero summer activity they had zero mini camp zero summer league to come into an nba camp and to watch what patrick williams is doing when he was kind of the mystery man of those top four or five picks um that to me is what people really have to be excited about because the feedback you're hearing from lebron james and Kawhi and guys talking about him at 19 years old, to have that physical presence that he has, to have that build he has, to have that IQ that he has, and most most importantly, to have that fight and will to compete at a high level defensively is something that you don't really see at 19 years old with such a little experience. So um, 
you know, to me, that's that's the big storyline so far is, is this kid. Um, Arturis may have actually hit a home run with his first pick in, in this new regime. You know, Joe, it's funny. I know I had the feeling that, that following Hoiberg and Boylan with Donovan, it was almost like going from amateur hour to the real thing. And, and as you say, you know, we're starting to see some of the fruits of that. And I'm wondering if the first big plus beyond, you know, Patrick Williams, who couldn't be more exciting, is, is Zach Levine redefining what his ceiling and, and, and what his future might be with the Chicago Bulls? Um, you know, I, that's the big question mark, and and that's you know we're we're definitely seeing a guy who is uh, making better decisions. We're seeing a guy who I mean, look, that could fall out of bed for twenty in the NBA game. That's never been a question. It's the decision making and it's the willingness to play defense. We're we're seeing better decision making. We're seeing a attempt at winning basketball, and we are seeing him actually hustle and make plays on defense that we haven't seen in the past. Some steals. Some, uh, you know, jump out of bounds, throw the ball back in. I mean, you know, look, there was there is no excuse for Zach Levine. He's still a bottom third defender. And there's no excuse for him to be in that range with the athleticism he has. Because defense is basically your athleticism, your foot speed, but more importantly, your will to want to play defense. So that tells me he doesn't have that will to want to play defense. Because he's a high IQ player. I mean, that that's, you know, I mean, that's not, that's not a problem with him. He understands the concepts of it. So... He's making strides, but does it match the timeline? And that's why I wrote the column yesterday that you know has upset some Zach Levine apologists. And, and look, I, I love Zach Levine. I think he's a consummate pro, and I want to see this guy win a championship. I just don't see him and the timeline of when this Bulls, the, the young part, the wave, can actually be ready to do something significant match up. Because if it does match up, that means you're committing 30 to $35 million to Zach Levine per year and you show me an NBA team compete for a championship where the two guard is making 30 to $35 million a year and he's not a two-way player. It doesn't exist. I mean, there's just some formulas. I mean, you get it. When you talk to the NFL right now, you look at the teams that are in the playoffs. Three of them have quarterbacks that are on friendly contract and, and could afford to add expensive pieces around them. You either hit that window or you don't. In the NBA, there's a definite formula here. It's a forward-driven league. And if it's not a forward, it better be a, a two-guard who's willing to be a two-way player. And so, and otherwise, if you invest in that $30, $35 million, to me, that's over-investing in a running back. I mean, there, there's, there's some common things there that, that just match up. And so um, that's my concern with, with Zach Levine, is if you can get assets, especially another asset in this 21 NBA draft class, which to me is pretty phenomenal and has some some game changers in it. If you can get two of those pieces, match that up with Patrick Williams, who I think is a guy you build around, and then whatever Lowry or Wendell, however that irons out what those guys become, so be it. But to me, that's the foundation. It's not Zach Levine. So, it, You know, I, I look at now, you know, multiple double-digit assist games from Kobe White and, and almost get the feeling that, that he may be a little different player than we thought he was, too. Yeah, well, he's getting a chance to be a pure point guard where, where Jim brought him off the bench until that final game of the, of the season before the shutdown when he got the first start and was actually allowed to be a starting point guard. So we're seeing him be a, a, a starting point guard or at least forced to be a starting point guard. I don't know if he's that. I don't know if he's a combo guard and that's always what he'll be and, and they need actually someone who's more of a pure point guard. They could knock him off 
to the two guard and, and, and be a playmaker from, from that other guard spot. Um, you know, I think, I think the jury's still out on him. I will say this, and I, and this was my knock on him coming out of Carolina. This was my knock on him last year. And it remains my knock on him. He is the fastest, slowest guy I've seen in the NBA where, where, where I mean, he goes north and south straight line as quick as anybody with the ball, but there's no wiggle. There's no, there's no smoothness. There's no finesse to his game. Um, he doesn't still finish well at the rim all the time because he's so just, you know, pedal all the way down. He doesn't know how to lull guys to sleep by timing things up. If you watch Luka, the way Luka Doncic is able to slow the game down, put a guy on his hip, and has a ridiculous first step that when he has you on that hip, boom, he's, he's past you and there's nothing you can do. I mean, just little finesse things like that um, are still missing from his game. I don't know if he'll capture those things because he didn't grow up a pure point guard. He was a scorer. So, um, you know, jury's still out on him, but I do like the strike. Look, across the board, when you have a real coach, you see real things happen. And so shame on the old regime for cheapening the product by not understanding that. And, and, and so, you know, you have someone that comes in, understands that, and then as soon as the best coach on the market comes open, he basically wants to drive to his house. Well, that guy's not even home yet. He's driving home from Oklahoma City. So that tells me that outside eyes were needed, and I think we're all seeing the benefits of that. So, Joe, how, how does this start change the, the, the prospects for this team this year? You know, I, I think that it's ironic. I'm on the Bears beat, and I know there's tremendous frustration over them being in, in the worst place to be in professional sports, kind of exactly. stuck in the middle. Yeah. You know, the, the Bulls weren't even in the middle yet, and yet there were hopes for maybe that eighth or seventh playoff spot again. Does it look now like they could be better than that? I mean, no, because I think the East is significantly better. Now, you're going to COVID some, some wins. You're going to just naturally just COVID more wins than you probably would normally. Um, but they still have – I mean, they're 4-7. and seven. As, as, well as, as, as well as the moments have been, the record is what it is, and two of the wins are against Washington. So I, I don't think you should be overly excited with that 4-7 and seven start. You should be excited with the competitiveness and with the fight. But, you know, to me, and I think this is different – than from me to a lot of fans, you know, I work on a pass-fail grading scale where other people want to hand out A's, B's, C's, and D's and sleep okay on B's and C's. You know, this to me, this is a pass-fail business. Um, and there's only one team passing every year and the rest of them are failing. And so are you making strides towards that from where you were? Obviously, and, and that came with a new regime. But they're still four and seven, and the East is still, you know, one through six, one through seven, is, be- is better than the Bulls, period. So could you get in that play-in game and, and be in that 7-10 area? Most definitely. Will you do anything significant in it? Could be. Could be. But, I mean, do you want that? I mean, when you, like I said, when you see that draft class, do you really want to be in that lottery or do you want one more piece to this to move forward with? And so, you know, if you do move Zach Levine at the trade deadline this year, you're basically saying, look, um, we added a future asset, and again, it would have to be the right the right trade. We added a future asset because um, we wanted to pull this thing back a bit and get on a more uh, a timeline that matches up with everything we're trying to do with this wave of talent that we have. And so, uh, you know, again, all these things remain to be seen. But at least it's nice that we're talking about things like that, where there there wasn't the hopelessness that we talked about last year. 
All right, Joe, before I let you go, it's time for a little self-administered therapy. For those of you who don't know, uh, you know, as good as Joe is on, on the NBA, he is a, uh, a lifelong Steelers fan. Uh, Joe, they, you know, six weeks ago were the odds on favorite to win the Super Bowl. People were talking yeah. about a possible undefeated season. They've dropped five of their last six and are now home for the winter. What the hell happened? Yeah, I mean, look, this is the first phone call I've taken. I haven't even talked to my dad or used to take his calls because, you know, they're <laughs> Clevelanders, and, and, and I, I'm just not taking those calls. And so, um, look, it, this, to me, this was the most catastrophic loss since Dennis Gibson knocked that ball down for Neil O'Donnell at the goal line in, in the AFC Championship game. Um, and, and unfortunately, like I said, there's a formula to this. I don't know which way it goes now because, you know, you either have a young quarterback that you could spend expensive free agents with. The Bears missed that window with Trubisky. You had that window, they missed it. So you're kind of in a world of hurt there. Or you have an elite quarterback who can cover up the holes that you weren't able to add in free agency. You're Aaron Rodgers, you're Tom Brady, guys like that. But your third option is you have such an incredible defense that they cover up the shortcomings of the quarterback. And, um, you know, I, I don't really know what the future is because the Steelers just have, or they're losing some key free agents, they're losing some key pieces, and I don't know what that is anymore. And so, um, yeah, it, 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 was, it, was, it was bad. It was painful to watch, and you kind of felt it coming and saw it coming when they lost the bye week, and then you lose Bud Dupree, and you lose Devin Bush. It just kind of all piled on, and, and now you're in an offseason of uncertainty. But the one thing I will say is, this organization is good with uncertainty. Um, and that's, I think, something Bears fans are frustrated with because they don't have that same belief in their organization. They don't have that same belief and history with their organization doing the right things, figuring things out, growing the product from within. And so there, there is, like you said, hopelessness is, is a good word. And, and that's what a lot of Bears fans are feeling. And, and you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens. But, yeah, it was – it was bad, Hub. I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. It was. Um, didn't see it coming, and it was like watching a nightmare. Well, one more before I let you go, because the the Dupree and, and Bush injuries were predictive. I mean, all, all the trouble started uh, immediately after that, and those are two great football players. That you lose them off a of defense, you're gonna have issues. But the other thing, Joe, that that I would be more concerned about. Ben Roethlisberger was was a comeback player of the year candidate through week eleven. And and he was absolutely part of the problem the last six weeks. I mean, he it just looked like he hit the wall and ran out of gas. Without question. And I, I think there's some other things involved there. I think that the offense became too predictable. You can't just run pick plays and and slants. You can't. You can't do it week after week. You get away with it early on um, because you could go deep every so often. Claypool was effective early on the season. But the Buffalo game, it became so predictable of what they were doing offensively. And again, we, I don't know the extent of the recovery of that elbow injury because there haven't been quarterbacks that have come back from it. So was it that, that they just had to limit his deep throws, put him on a pitch count? You know, that's why I said there's so much uncertainty. I don't know if he'll be better next year. I mean, he's not moving in the pocket at all. He's, it's, it's like watching Marino at the final days where there's just no, you know, there's just nothing and he, and he, and he doesn't look physically well. And so, um, yeah, I don't, I, you know, I don't know what next year brings. Um, if there's one more year for him, uh, I, I'd still rather be in the in the in the Steelers situation than the Bears. Um, but I think there's a lot of teams that would say that right now. I, I feel bad for the Bears beat writers because um, 
there's a certain frustration that comes when, you know, look, at the end of the day, yes, we're objective. We step back from this. But we're also invested in this. And when you have to cover a product that you see just making wrong turn after wrong turn after wrong turn, it gets frustrating. And it gets old, and it makes you numb. And it makes this, this job not as fun as it should be. And so, as a, you know, the Bears writers, I, I, I get the sympathy. And, you know, like, like I tell Bears fans, I have a little, a longer ladder. I work with a longer ladder than they do because of the team that I'm associated with. I trust that history, that the history is very rich, and you feel like they're going to do the right things. When you feel like your organization is not going to do the right thing as a fan and you live and die with it, um, it it's, it's, it's debilitating. It, it's it's it makes you not want to even turn on the TV on Sundays. And so, and writers go through the same thing. And so, um, you know, we'll, it's going to be an interesting offseason in uh, both fronts, Bears, Steelers, um, on many teams. It's going to be very interesting because um, there's just a lot of parts that I think are going to be moving. Joe, it's an excellent way to explain it. I've, I've been telling folks for years, my paycheck has the exact same numbers on it, whether the Bears win or lose, yep. but it's a lot more fun, and the job is a lot more rewarding when they're winning uh, than the, when they're losing. Guys, we are the home of the Chicago Bulls on radio, and Joe Colley, one of the best Bulls reporters in town, here for you on the Bulls and the Steelers and the Bears. Joe, thank you so much for your time tonight, and uh, I hope that the Bulls season continues to be one worth enjoying. Anytime, I'll, you know, I'll do the show anytime. That is Joe Colley. Guys, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We've got an hour and 20 minutes left, and we're going to go all bears. We're going to see what we can sort out here. There has been some breaking news tonight, not what we expected. Uh, and when I say news, these are unconfirmed reports, but they're coming from multiple sources. Um, apparently, Chuck Pagano will be deciding to retire from the NFL, which means the Bears would be looking for a new defensive coordinator. That report coming from Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network. We have multiple reports. I've been reporting it. Uh, Brad Biggs has tweeted it tonight. I believe Dan Wiederer has as well, that both Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy will be returning. This is not surprising. It was the most logical direction to go in. It has not been confirmed uh, by George McCaskey or the Chicago Bears. I know everybody believed Doug Peterson was coming back in Philadelphia until yesterday when eight days after the, the end of the season, there was a second Black Monday. Uh, so we can't say for certain, but it does appear that that's the direction that the Bears are going in. So let's talk about it. Let's figure out how to fix things. Let's see if there's a way to get them to a Super Bowl or at least deep into the playoffs next year. The phone number to do it at is 312-644-6767. I am taking your calls and texts at that same number for the rest of the show. So let's kick it around right here on The Score. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago's sports station. Welcome back, everybody. Hub Ark is sitting in for Joe Ostrowski on the Joe O Show tonight. We will take it up until 9 o'clock. And the rest of the way, it's just you and me. We're going to be taking your phone calls and texts. 
as we talk about all of the stories surrounding the Chicago Bears and the National Football League. Uh, we are getting multiple reports now that even though nothing has been confirmed by the Bears, that both Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy will be back for 2021. And we are also hearing reports, the story was broken by Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network, that Chuck Pagano will be retiring and they will be looking for a new defensive coordinator. Our phone number on the BetQL score listener line is 312-644-6767. If you want to text me in the text zone, brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin, save time, shop online at rosenhunday.com that also is 312-644-6767 and before i get back to the phone lines a uh, buddy of mine actually just reached out uh in the um uh tech zone uh to uh give me a, an interesting idea that i had not thought about uh, if you guys have never been to the barbecue pit up in Highland Park, Gus Kerrigan uh, runs the joint up there. It is the best gyros in, in the world. Uh, also outstanding barbecue, Greek food. Um, but Gus is a big Bears fan. And, and he just came up with another idea. I was talking to, I believe it was Big D on the south side, who immediately was ready to fill the defensive coordinator spot with Lovey Smith which isn't a horrible idea. Um, you know, Lovey brings the kind of temperament and personality that, that he might very well fit in well, you know, with Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace. You don't know. So uh, just something thrown out there. Gus comes back at me and wants to know what Rex Ryan is up to. Now, Rex um, wants back in. I think that's pretty obvious from the way he's carried himself on his broadcast responsibilities uh, the last year or two. And Rex Ryan is a very good defensive coordinator. Excellent, uh, you might even say. Definitely better than his twin brother, Rob. Rob, uh, not bad, but, but, but Rob struggled in a few spots. Rex has had good defenses everywhere he's gone. The concern I have with that one, though, Gus, is that Rex is a different kind of personality um, uh, and, and very different personality from Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace. And I'm not sure how good a fit he would be with this group, assuming that, that the rest of the group is staying in place. Um, his players love him. That wouldn't be an issue. Um, but I just I don't know that that chemistry would work out all that well. Obviously, it would be wildly popular um, with Bears fans, possibly even more popular than Lovey Smith. Um, uh, but, um, you know, Rex has spent a long time creating his persona and i'm not sure that it would be the best fit the way the organization is structured right now very good defensive football coach though um and certainly would know what to do with the talent he's got here so it's another interesting name to to hang out there as we wait for confirmation uh that in fact uh, chuck pagano will not be back let's get to the phone lines and go out to niles and welcome bill into the program next bill how you doing hey how are you doing good um that, that texture took thought right in my head i was i was thinking exactly of rex ryan and listening to your answer you're talking about personality but i'd like the bears to also consider scheme when you've got khalil mack and robert quinn and they're just not putting pressure on the quarterback and a guy like rex ryan who i'm assuming is going to bring like a 46 type attacking defense and i'd like to see an attacking defense from any coordinator as far as scheme and you know, Lovey's person. You know, Chuck, Chuck Pagano is a great guy, but he had a bend don't break defense, and he's relying on those uh, Mac and Quinn. Even with the Keem Hicks, just put pressure one on one, it just didn't work. 
You see Leonard Floyd going to the Rams, 10 and a half sacks under Chuck's system. He only had three. So, you know, you got to start wondering, is it the system or the player? And and you start thinking about the system when you see what Leonard Floyd is doing. So I I hear you about personality, and I – I, I, I'd like with, with Khalil Mack, I'm going to say it again, and Robert Quinn, you've got to go after the quarterback because this bend on brink defense that Chuck did and maybe Vic Fangio did too to a certain extent, it's not maximizing the talent. Well, Bill, let, let's sort out a few things here first, okay? Because the Leonard Floyd, uh, it's not really a comparison or an analogy. I don't know what I want to call it, but, but it's not a good one because the reality is, uh, that, that Leonard Floyd this year had those uh, those 10 sacks, and they did come in bunches um, under Brandon Staley, who is a Vic Fangio disciple. It was basically Vic's defense, and yet playing for Vic his first three years in the league never approached that. And so um, I don't think the scheme really had a lot to do with it. Uh, just a better fit, a better year for Leonard Floyd. Now, you mentioned the 46, and this is often misunderstood, and I don't think you're asking for the Bears to play the 46 so much as wanting that attack-style defense. The Bears do not currently have great personnel for the 46 defense. What you need in the 46 is is a safety who plays like a linebacker. And the Bears' safeties are really the opposite. You know, you're certainly not going to get that style of play out of Eddie Jackson. Tayshawn Gibson was really impressive Sunday. Maybe he could do it, but even he is not going to be the kind of blow-you-up safety that you're looking for in Doug Plank, for whom the 46 defense was named. And Todd Bell, uh, who followed him, who, you know, had a star-crossed career because of the, the, the unfortunate decision to hold out during the 85 season and then moved on to Philadelphia a couple years later and sadly passed away very young of a heart attack. Um, But, you know, in the case of Rex, yeah, him and Rob play buddies 4-6. They also play other schemes, and and that could be interesting. And and, and so certainly an attacking defense is is fun. You know, it's what Todd Bowles is doing in Tampa right now. Uh, And and Todd Bowles, I think, probably was the first choice. Uh, And I shouldn't say that. I, I think that they wanted to keep Vic, and they did. Um, but had Vic not stayed that first year, um, you know, I, I, I think they would have loved to have had Todd Bowles, uh, you know, so, um, you know, an attack style defense would be great. Whether Rex is the right guy or not, that remains to be seen. Let's squeeze one more call in before we break again. Kyle is out in Rockford. Kyle, how you doing? Hey, hey, I like, love listening to you, bud. Um, Thank you. I have a question about uh, Ted Phillips. Uh, have you heard anything? Is he going to step down? He's the one that's been, like, seriously been killing me the most. Like, everybody else, I could I, – I'm okay with keeping because I don't want to rebuild. I'm tired of rebuilding. That's what kills us. Is Ted Phillips, I feel, is the one the most has killed us the most. Kyle, I hear you, and I know that a lot of Bears fans share that sentiment, but I think in, in, in this particular case – um, as long as Ted is not involved in the football operation in any way, it doesn't really matter if, if he steps down or not. You know, and, and I think that if what we're now hearing is correct, that, that you know, there have been multiple meetings in Lake Forest between George McCaskey and Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy and that both will be retained, I, I just don't think it has a lot to do with Ted. 
And, you know, as the president and CEO of the team, he's done an excellent job making a lot of money for his owners, which is which is his main number one responsibility. Um, And if he's not involved in the football operation, because that's where his mistakes came. I, I mean, you know, his handling of the hiring of Lovey when, when, when Jerry Angelo was going after Nick Saban and Ted totally screwed that up. Um, and then, and, and then all the decisions that were made after on the football side and the way that, that, that regime under Angelo and, and, and Lovey started to deteriorate when, when Jerry started to cede a, a fair amount of, of drafting, uh, I wouldn't say responsibility so much as input and opinion to Lovey, who, who was not best equipped for that, um, and then the, the decisions to hire, um, uh, you know, Phil Emery and, and Mark Tressman, which were basically catastrophic, um, you know, those are well in the past. And so as long as Ted Phillips is not involved in the football operation, if he wants to continue to run the business, which he's done a very good job of, you know, he oversaw the rehab of, of Hallis Hall, the 230, was it 230 or 270? They, they put well over, uh, let's just call it a, a quarter of a billion dollars into rehabbing the facility to make it, if not the best, one of the best in the NFL. Um, the, you know, as I say again, the profits that, that he's generated for his owners, the um, uh, the way he's, he's redesigned their marketing department to bring in additional revenue. You know, it's not like Ted is, is, is a villain or, or has done, you know, horrible things to the organization overall. It's his input on the football side that has been a problem. And, and you're absolutely right. If he's going to be involved in that at all, then you have to hope that he's gone. Um, but I think short of that, as long as they keep him separate from that and keep the football people overseeing it, it just doesn't matter that much whether whether Ted, you know, remains or decides to to retire. We're going to take a very quick commercial break here, but we got another full hour to start this stuff out, guys. Uh, again, reports that Chuck Pagano will be retiring from the NFL, that the Bears will be seeking a new defensive coordinator. Reports that both Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy will be back. None of this confirmed by the Bears, but all coming from multiple sources now and looking like they are the story. We're talking about it right here at Chicago's number one rated all sports radio station, 670 The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, oh. 